Welcome to the Running Tales podcast. My name's Craig Lewis and along with my wife Michelle, I use this pod to talk to everyday runners, race walkers and wheelchair racers who have extraordinary stories or have achieved incredible things. This week I spoke to Eric Hine, whose story is intrinsically linked to that of his son Stephen. Stephen was born in 2006 and at 18 months old was diagnosed with a rare disorder affecting all areas of his development. But when Stephen found he had a love of being pushed in his wheelchair, he and Eric, already a keen runner, decided that nothing was going to stop them. The pair have achieved some incredible things together, including becoming part of a national movement in America, which is where they live, helping people with disabilities take part in running events. I found this story truly inspiring and I really enjoyed talking to Eric about it, and I hope that you do too. I started by asking him about the incredible organisation that he's part of, Team Hoyt Oklahoma. Team Hoyt Oklahoma is one of 11 regional groups across North America that is an offshoot of the original Team Hoyt. Uh, The original Team Hoyt was Dick and Rick Hoyt. Uh, Dick passed away in March of 2021, and Rick uh, does not compete very much anymore. And they were a father-son duo who participated in races everywhere from 5K to marathons to uh, Ironman triathlons and even ran across the United States one summer. Um, Rick was born with cerebral palsy, and uh, Dick and his wife did not want to lock him away as the doctors suggested. This was in the 1960s. Um, And so they raised him just like anyone else. And he went to high school and uh, eventually earned a bachelor's degree in uh, special education from Boston College. So Team Hoyt Oklahoma is uh, the only group here in Oklahoma that is uh, affiliated, excuse me, with Team Hoyt. And we, my wife and I had been talking about doing something like this uh, for some time. We had friends out in Delaware who started a group, um, not Team Hoyt affiliated, but a group that, uh, a nonprofit that would purchase running wheelchairs and then be able to use them for races to allow disabled runners to participate. Um, And so I qualified for the 2018 Boston Marathon. And my wife and I uh, scheduled our trip to the expo around hearing Dick and Rick talk. And we got there and we looked around the room and we saw people wearing uh, Team Hoyt San Diego gear and Team Hoyt Virginia Beach. And we kind of looked at each other and thought, oh, this is a thing. Okay, well, we're going to have about 30 seconds afterwards with, with Dick. So we better figure out how to pitch this. And so we we did, we talked to him for just a brief second and uh, eventually got in touch with uh, someone who could help us figure things out. And about a month and a half later, we were approved to be a new Team Hoyt chapter. And the person you've not mentioned so far, who's absolutely integral to all this is your, your son, Stephen, isn't it? Yes, yes. So Stephen is disabled. He was born with a genetic condition called Rubenstein-Tavy syndrome. And part of that is low muscle tone and difficulty motor planning. So while Stephen can walk, he's ambulatory, uh, he cannot run. He can run maybe 20 yards before before he just can't keep going. Um, And so if you were to look at his legs, 
his legs are just sort of flat. There's just almost no muscle there at all. And so back in 2014, uh, we talked to some folks here in Oklahoma City who actually had a wheelchair that was designed kind of to do uh, what the running wheelchairs do that we have. It was an old modified regular wheelchair. And they saw us and said, well, would he like to run in this sometime? And so our first run together was in December of 2014. And he enjoyed it so much that we looked into purchasing uh, sort of a, a larger jogging stroller for him because he was only, well, let's see, about eight at the time. Um, eventually, he outgrew that and we had to upgrade and get the, the larger uh, wheelchair that we have now. Um, but it is absolutely his favorite thing. Um, he loves going running with me, especially in the summer, because he doesn't have to go to school. So we can go more than just on the weekends. Um, but it's his favorite thing. He loves races because it's it's somewhere new and he loves the crowds cheering and clapping. And it's, uh, you know, we, we started Team Hoyt Oklahoma because we wanted to be able to share the same sort of joy that Stephen has with everyone else in, in the community. And it must have been a, a, a massive kind of inspiration for both you and for Stephen to, to come across Team Hoyt. Yes, uh, you know, I'd, I'd heard about it a long time ago and, and never really thought about it. In fact, apparently my dad, he told me this a few years ago, uh, when he was giving presentations, uh, he would often reference them, never knowing, you know, that one day I would have a, a disabled child and would end up meeting Dick and Rick. And, you know, they're, they're, they were these huge celebrities in the Boston area, right? There would be these big functions and, you know, you'd get athletes from the Patriots and the Celtics and the Bruins and the Red Sox, you know, and everyone would stop and look at them when they would enter the room. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. Um, but yes, you know, knowing, knowing their story and just knowing that it was possible to do something like this, they were the ones who broke down all the barriers and, and made it a thing that we could do. And, you know, at the beginning, we still would have to fight with race directors and, and things like that. But at this point now, we know pretty much everyone in the area who is in charge of, of races and, and our needs are pretty easily met and very easily accommodated. Oh, that's well, that's fantastic to hear. I, I know we have we have some races over here in England, which are uh, extremely wheelchair friendly. And we have others where the, where just race directors will kind of go. Oh, it's just not going to work and I've got no idea how to make it work but it, it sounds like a, at least in in uh, where you are in Boston that that people have 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 come to some degree to grips with it yeah it's you know we have to we have to be selective in the races that we choose you know obviously we can't do trail races or things like that it's just not particularly feasible and we have to pick races that are mostly on streets as opposed to you know just sort of smaller paths especially those that are out and back because the wheelchair itself would pretty much take up an entire side of a, of a two-way path. And so it's just not safe to have that little space. So again, you know, we have to be careful about the races that we choose, but we tend to do the same races year after year. And so again, that affords us familiarity both to the race director and to uh, the course. 
So all of our athletes, both our, our disabled athletes and our athletes who push the wheelchairs are familiar with the courses and they know what to expect. And, you know, basically the biggest accommodation that we need is just a, like a one minute head start. So that way we get out of the way before the masses get going, because it's so much easier for them to go around us than it is for us to try and weave through traffic. You know, a lot of times you'll hear a race director say, well, strollers start at the back. Yeah. That's, this isn't a stroller. This is a wheelchair. <laughs> Right. And this is this is not something that's limited to to children. This is for adults. Right. These chairs hold uh, you know, about 225 pounds. So, you know, this isn't just something that's designed for kids to participate. This is for anyone who's disabled to be able to participate. And you wouldn't look at a 35 year old and say, well, that's a stroller. No, no. Right. So, you know, it's it's a wheelchair. And so fighting that battle at the beginning was a little bit of a challenge too, just to get people to understand, no, it's it's not a stroller. This is not a two-year-old. This is this is someone who's, you know, in middle school. Yeah. Right? This is a wheelchair. This is something that he needs to be able to to participate in this activity. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um and 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 also I suppose you or whoever is doing the the pushing part of this must be pretty fit not only to do the running but to, to do to, to push something along like that well you know we we uh encourage anyone who wants to participate to be able to do it and we have people that can run a sub 25k pushing a wheelchair we have people that take 45 minutes pushing a wheelchair right the it, it's not about time it's not about speed it's 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 about enjoying the activity and enjoying the time together um you know steven likes to go fast so yeah. therefore i have to be in shape <laughs> <laughs> and how much, how much fun is it downhill <laughs> you must get out of control um, sometimes <laughs> well it it depends on how steep the downhill is um most of the time the the grade isn't so bad but there's there are two hills in particular that I can think of that are just devastating and they're in two separate races. Um, and one of them is in the last uh, two miles of the Oklahoma city half and full marathon. And uh, when we ran it this past fall, I guess this past spring, um, it was the sort of thing where either you have to pull back really hard on the chair and just kind of go down slowly or let it rip and <laughs> it. get out of the way. Yeah. And so I, uh, this time I chose to let it rip and uh, just about took out three people. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, chair on the left, out of the way, out of the way. And the people who aren't moving are the people who have headphones on. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's a big problem. We have a, a, a lady who does uh, the, the local park run here and, and, and she will quite often, particularly on the slightly downhill bits, be, be screaming and shouting for people to get out of the way because, uh, and, and if they've got headphones on, they won't. And, and sometimes they just sort of think, well, maybe like a, a runner would be able to just easily go around. Well, she doesn't quite move in that in the same way. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, when you've got 160 pounds going downhill, you know, gravity and physics take over and there's not a lot of room to move. Yeah, definitely. Um, you hinted at it just then, um, but um, what sort of races do you do in terms of distance and so on? 
Well, uh, Stephen and I have done five half marathons together and a 25K. Um, we've done lots of five and 10Ks, of course, because those are you know the most frequent and the most common sort of races around here. Um, racing a half marathon takes a pretty big effort. Uh, just because, you know, it's, you're not using your arms to run, you're using your arms to push. So yeah. all you're using to run is basically from the hips down. Um, and so that pretty much wipes me out for about a week afterwards when I'm racing that. Um, but in April next year, Stephen and I are going to run our first marathon together. Oh, incredible. Where's that going to be? Uh, that's going to be here in Oklahoma City. So we're going to use it as sort of a test run to see where things are at, because then in 2024, we're going to try and qualify for Boston because by then he'll be 18. Right. I, I mean, I uh, if I've got this right, Boston, you have to be pretty quick to qualify for anyway. Does does that same sort of um, criteria apply for you and Stephen? Yes, it does. Wow. Um, I have to run my qualifying time for my age group. Right, which is for those who don't know. Um, let's see. I know it's I'll, pretty quick. <laughs> I'll be forty-five to forty-nine, so I think it's like three fifteen is the minimum. Wow, that that I mean that twenty, I forget. But yeah, uh, well, either of those are pretty quick for people generally, uh, let alone um, you know with um, propelling Stephen along too. So, oh, good luck with that. That would be quite an achievement. Well, thank you. Um, you know, I, I don't run without the wheelchair anymore. You know, I, I either I'm pushing him or I'm pushing weights because he's the reason that I do this now. You know, it, it started with me wanting to run and, and be healthy and be fit. And because he enjoys it so much, um, all of my training now is, is geared towards being able to push him as far as I can, as fast as I can. Yeah. And so, you know, just running by myself, there's, there's no motivation in it anymore. I just can't make myself do it. But when I'm with him, um, you know, I can be having a bad day and still turn a, a six miler into a 10 miler because he wants to be out there and he wants to keep going. And, and it's a lot easier for me to find the motivation than when I'm by myself. And, you know, we've all experienced this where we've been out on a bad run and just went, forget it. I'll just turn around and go home. Uh, no, that's not really a choice. He knows how far we're going to go. <laughs> and if we, if we turn around at the wrong spot, he'll actually get mad at me and, and start yelling. Oh, wow. And so it sounds like he's, his love of it that he found he's, he's absolutely maintained. Yes. Yes. Can, can I tell my favorite Steven story about running? Yes, please. Yeah. Well, so, uh, we were, we were out and I was going up a hill and Stephen is nonverbal. He's non-speaking. So he uses a, an app on his iPad to talk. And so we were going up a hill. And so he types out the word faster and then hits, you know, talk and, you know, it says faster. And I said, well, Stephen, come on, I'm going up a hill. All right. Just calm down. <laughs> and so he cleared it out and in all caps types out faster. I said, all right, fine, I'll go faster. And and I picked up the the pace a bit and he clapped a little. And and so he knew exactly what he wanted. And boy, did he not want to go slow and did not care that I was going up. <laughs> is, is it fair to say that, that Stephen does doesn't always think about you? <laughs> oh no, he's not worried about me at all. 
I mean, in in the in the running community, he's he's the star, not me. I'm just the dude behind the chair. Everyone wants to see Steven and it's like, oh yeah, and that other guy that pushes him, whatever. Yeah, well, that, I think that's quite right. That's definitely how it how it how it should be. Um, Absolutely, yeah. How how old is uh, how old is Stephen now? Stephen is fifteen. Uh, he's just started high school this year, so ninth grade. Oh, fantastic! And I I, I, I kind of don't mean this question as sort of having a, a a dark lining to it, but I'm thinking Stephen's probably getting obviously as he's getting older, he's probably getting bigger and heavier as well. At the same time as as you will naturally be getting older as well. I mean, is there thoughts of that cross your mind about how long can I continue doing this or will it need somebody else to do this down the line when Steven's say 45 himself and still fancies doing this? That's, that's a, uh, it's an interesting question. Um, one of the things that it makes me focus on is trying to be as fit and healthy as I can be. Yeah. And uh, the last couple of years have been a struggle for everyone, of course. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to get back to my best fitness right now. Um, but you know, it's the sort of thing where if I can do it, I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, Steven does have a younger brother who's six and who loves running and wants to one day push him in the chair, you know? And so as, as I get older, he may want to start doing that a little bit and that would be fine. Um, you know, brothers are cool, but you know, as long as I can do it, I will. And if that means that I'm 75 and he's 45 and it takes us 50 minutes to finish a 5k, that's just fine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you, you, you mentioned that earlier and that's a, that's a really good point, isn't it? Because it's not always about, he, he, he might have to calm down on the faster messages (laughs) as long as you can still do it. That's the most important thing, isn't it? Yes. Yes. And, and he'll understand, you know, he'll, he'll understand that dad is, is not nearly as young as he once was. (laughs) <laughs> absolutely well it sounds like you're still if you're if you're still looking at that sort of pre-15 320 qualifying time while, while pushing Stephen, you I, I think you're still doing pretty well at the moment Talk, tell me a little bit more about what you do as part of team Hoyt now for um to help presumably other people in a similar situation absolutely so we as a non-profit we get to raise funds and so we are 100% based on just general fundraising, uh, whether that's through grants, whether that's through donations, whether that's through sponsorships. Um, you know, nobody takes a salary. This is all volunteer work, both my wife and I and our board of directors, no one gets paid for it. And so all of our money then goes back into all of our needs and our services. And so those include purchasing wheelchairs, uh, that includes paying for all of our race entry fees for all of our athletes. So not just our disabled athletes, but our uh, pushing athletes as well. We never want our disabled families to have money and finances as a barrier to be able to participate. All we ask for them is to just show up to the race and we take care of the rest. We provide the the pushing athletes. Uh, we provide the race entry fees. Um, because with so many families with disabled children, finances are oftentimes very tight. And so we don't want that to be the barrier. Uh, Likewise, with our uh, assistant athletes, with our runners who push the wheelchairs, they're giving their time and they're giving their effort, and we don't want them to have to pay out of pocket either. And so they're doing something for someone else, and we want to be able to do that for them and, and pay their race entry fee. 
So, you know, nobody pays anything other than, um, you know, our, our assistant athletes give us $25 and, and do a background check and they get a, a race top and that's it. That's all they ever have to pay. Um, so, you know, again, it's, it's the financial barrier and the incentive to want to participate that we try and eliminate. Um, you know, I'm the one who's in charge of, uh, maintenance of all the chairs. So on the day before races, I'll go pick them up out of storage and check the tires and do all the, all the cleaning and make sure everything looks good for the day. Um, you'd think this is like an actual job. It's not, <laughs> this is, this is like my third side job. <laughs> Um, so, you know, we, we do things like that. Um, you know, we try and do about eight races per season. So anywhere from six to eight. So yeah. here in the summer in Oklahoma, there's not a lot going on in June, July, August, just because it's so hot. And some of our athletes don't do well in the heat or in the sun. Uh, Steven, for example, doesn't actually sweat. And so for him to be outside in 90 plus degree temperatures, or I guess, you know, 30 plus degree Celsius for any sort of extended period of time is actually kind of dangerous for him. Because he can't um, regulate his own body temperature. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we have other, other athletes that have, you know, needs based on the weather, based on cold, based on heat. Um, so we just don't have, uh, races in, in June, July, August, just because it is so warm here. Um, we actually had a stretch where I think we hit 42 degrees Celsius a couple days in a row. I know you guys had a pretty warm summer. Um, but yeah, I think we had about a week straight of 40 plus degree temperatures here. Gosh, oh, we had a couple of days and that's normally, that's kind of enough for the country to, <laughs> to grind to a halt. <laughs> but, oh yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we had, I guess, as many days above a hundred degrees Fahrenheit here as we had in the last six years combined. Uh, well, so that's we had a very cool. warm summer. <laughs> yeah. I, I spoke to um, uh, a chap called Carl Wright, who, who was a, a runner in Canada recently, and he's also a bit of an environmentalist and uh, does something called the, uh, the monoculture. And he, he was telling me about how it, it's just getting so extreme with the temperatures and so on at the moment and, and the differences that that make. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a challenge, but but you know we work through it, and and in the summer, Stephen and I try and get out early, you know, about an hour after dawn, and and do what we as as much as we can do, and then get back home. It definitely sounds like absolutely superb charity doing some brilliant work for for people. Just basically let everyone know how they can find out about Team Point and how they can uh, how they can give money to it if they want to. Absolutely, uh, you can find us on the web at teamhoytok.com. So T-E-A-M-H-O-Y-T-O-K.com. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. Uh, we have a very easy page to find there, Team Hoyt Oklahoma. We're not on the Instagram and we're not on the Twitter. Uh, it's just too many things to deal with. But um, we do have a donation page on teamhoytok.com. Uh, you can also contact us, send us email teamhoytok at gmail.com. Uh, you can send us email if you want to talk about other ways that you can get involved. You can go to the original Team Hoyt page, which is just teamhoyt.com, and that has links to all of the uh, groups across North America. 
so there's a number of ways that you can you can learn about uh, Dick and Rick. You can learn about us specifically in Oklahoma. You can learn about other chapters across North America as well. Brilliant. Oh, that's fantastic. I'll, I'll make sure all those details are sort of in the show notes for anyone who's interested in in having a look, learning a bit more and, uh, and donating some money as well. Just a thought that's popped into my head there. Is, is Team Hoyt currently purely... North America based, or do you know if there's any plans to widen it out across across the pond, as it were? Right, um, it's only based in North America right now. Uh, I don't know what plans are. If there's any plans on expanding uh, either to Europe or additional North American groups, I just don't know. Since Dick passed, uh, his sons are now running Team Hoyt, the the charity. And um, so they've been in transition now for just about a year. So I'm not exactly sure how they're planning on doing things in the future. I do know there's there are a handful of uh, duo runners. I know there is a, a pair in Ireland that ran a lot, um, but nothing specifically codified. I mean, I'd love to see something like that happen over over here as well, but uh, maybe it's a, a, a matter of time. Eric, I didn't want to touch a little bit on you and, and your running career. I mean, you've obviously mentioned earlier that you'd uh, uh, that you've run Boston at least, and if you're running three fifteen, three twenty, you're hoping to run that now. I'm guessing you've run some pretty good times in the past on your own. Yeah, you know, it's nothing nothing special, you know. Um, I, I ran track as a, and, and cross country as a high school student and ran the 800. And so cross country was, uh, uh, more of a challenge for me because as an 800 runner, that's, you know, six times longer. Yeah. And then, you know, graduating from high school, you know, there people would run five and 10 Ks and I would think who in their right mind would run a 10 K that's insane. <laughs> Here's a guy running two laps around the track. Why would you do 25? That makes no sense. Um, and so once I got to college, I sort of fell off the the running train for a long time. Um, as I was working on my doctoral dissertation, I got back into it and, and started running again a bit. Um, and then after Stephen was born, I really tried to make sure that I was in better health and in better shape. Um, because he needs uh, both myself and my wife around as long as we can. And, um, you know, in terms of times, I don't even know what my best times are by myself, just because it's so unimportant to me anymore. Um, you know, the, the only best times I can tell you is my Boston qualifying time was 3.11, and I did a 12-hour race on a one-mile loop, and I covered 71.85 miles. Wow. That's a lot. That's a, yeah, good effort. <laughs> um, um, anything people, else? People oh, tell me stories about ultras. It always blows my mind because I've done a couple of marathons, and that was plenty far enough for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And like I said, this was on uh, a loop that was just a, a shade under a mile. And so just 12 hours going around and around and around. And it wasn't flat. It was probably uh, 50 feet of up and down every every loop. So, so for you, anyone who runs around a, a one-mile loop for 12 hours must quite like running. What, what is it that, that got you into running and, and maintains your, your, your love of it? I mean, obviously, it's uh, a lot to do with Stephen now, but I think you must still, right. still quite like the idea of just running anyway. Oh, yeah. 
Um, you know, I ran a lot as a kid. Um, I played uh, football, soccer. Um, and so, of course, you need to to run a lot and be in good shape to do that. And it was just something that I always did without thinking about it. Um, it was just fun. And it was never a, a burden or a chore. And that just sort of became part of who I was. And and now it's definitely part of who I am. Um, I, you know, like so many of us, I cannot imagine not having that as part of my life, not having that outlet, that time that we get to spend, you know, as whether it's as mental health work, whether it's as self-care, whether it's as just time alone and getting away from the day, getting away from the job, whatever that is, um, you know, that's, that's the sort of thing that I have to have and is just so much part of both my life and my identity at this point. Fantastic. And what would you say to anybody else who, who sort of thinks, oh, I might quite like to get into running, but I'm a bit, I'm a bit nervous about it. I'm worried that I won't get very far or that it, it won't be for me. Okay. Two things I can say. Uh, number one, the slogan of all of the team Hoyt chapters is yes, you can. So yes, you can do that. Yes, you can be a part of that community. Yes, you can be embraced by that community. Um, so, you know, even if you're thinking about it, if you don't feel like you're in good enough shape, yes, you can, you are, you can do this. Uh, the other thing is that I would recommend, uh, finding a group on Twitter called running punks and i was gonna ask you about running punks i keep seeing running punks everywhere on twitter and i must admit i don't really know what it is but i do know that at least a couple of previous running tales guests have are running punks so yeah i'm intrigued to, to learn more about them okay so running punks is the the greatest uh free online running group that there is it costs nothing if you want to participate, great. You take a selfie after your run and tag running punks. And what we do is we run and we listen to music and we talk about music. And there are a lot of people that are in bands. There are a lot of people that are involved in music in some way. Uh, I'm actually a university music professor. So I, I come at it from a slightly different angle, but I still like a lot of loud music. <laughs> um, but, you know, basically what it is, is it's, a an extremely supportive community where you can run however far you want however fast you want and you will be embraced and you will be supported and you will be cheered on and it's a thing that seems to be growing quite significantly which is great um, I came into it a little over a year ago just again through seeing the the tags on Twitter and uh, they have absolutely embraced Stephen and I. And in fact, Stephen even has his own nickname. He is Wheelie Punk, <laughs> right? He's in the wheelchair. So uh, yeah. And so it's, it's just a collection of some of the most thoughtful, most interesting people with a fair amount of swearing. <laughs> kind of sums up runners generally. Yes, yes. I I love that. Yeah, I, I think that's um, that's really good. You can do it. And then when you do, find some great people to do it with. Yep. Yep. And uh, you know, virtual is great. There are a few in-group meetings. I know there's a lot of running punks that are in Cardiff. 
Um, so they do Sunday morning runs together and it's not about the pace. It's not about the distance. It's just about going out for a run and enjoying the community. Eric, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for your time and for joining us on Running Tales today and for telling us all about Team Hoyt and Team Hoyt Oklahoma. I recommend everybody uh, goes and uh, uh, finds out a little bit more about those things. Thank you so much for having me, Craig.